0: Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics, John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries, Waterfront Comics does ship
2: to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com.
0: everybody, this is James, and Marco, and Nabil. and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 71. Today is a special one, since we're running out of movies to review, <laughs> I'm just we're doing nice. the James Bond double 007 Marathon, this is part one of technically four, that's how yeah. we broke it down, so uh, this is from 1962 to 1971, we're going to be f- uh, covering all of... Uh, Sir Sean Connery's films, I guess you could say, and uh, the solo film with uh, George Lazenby. The day is uh, mine. <laughs> so, basically what we're doing here is each movie, very much like our other previous marathons, we'll be taking turns here talking to you about what the movie's about, who directed it, um, who's the James Bond in this one, and I mean, obviously it's only one of two people, and uh, we go over like who the main Bond girl is, the villains, who it stars... Uh, plot lines, and then we're just kind of really breaking it down with each other, just kind of like, how did you feel about this? Is it? Would you recommend it? Has it aged well? I mean, spoiler alert: a lot of these have not, but um, I think this should be pretty fun. So before we do start, I did want to just ask Nabil and Marco. Nabil, uh, this is actually your second go around of these. I know you've seen all of these before. Yes, I have. So, and I know you're gonna have some different opinions on it, but Marco, this is your first
1: time seeing any of these. That is correct. I mean, I've seen parts of Goldfinger and Doctor No years ago, but uh, I don't really remember them. I was I was a lot younger, and I think I was just yeah. watching them just just for fun. Yeah, but, and um, I
0: I think they used to be on like TNT a lot, right? Back in the yeah, day. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I but also like just like some friends hanging out would put them on the background and stuff. But you know, no one was really paying attention and stuff. So it was interesting to kind of just give this. Like a whole run through and give these movies like an actual view. All
0: right, guys, so without further ado, let's get into the James Bond 007 Marathon Part 1. So with the first movie here, guys, I'm going to start it out here. We're going to go and uh, we're going to be reviewing here and going over 1962's Dr. No.
1: My name is Bond,
0: James Bond. My instructions were implicit. I was to leave for Jamaica in two hours, licensed to kill.
2: Now you maybe miss it.
0: You don't miss a thing.
2: I decided
1: to accept your invitation. I have to leave immediately.
0: Just as things were getting interesting again. Mm -hmm. Alright, so the IMDb description, guys, is a resourceful British government agent sinks answers in a case involving the disappearance of a colleague and the disruption of the American space program. This is directed by Terrence Young, who also went ahead and directed From Russia With Love in 1963 and Thunderball in 1965. Uh, Sean Connery is a double seven in here. He's roughly about 32 years old. I only say roughly because you never know. They filmed beforehand, so hmm. there's, there's a chance he was 31. Oh, my date. God. <laughs> yeah, so the main Bond girl is uh, Ursula Andress, plays Honey Rider. And the villain here is Joseph Wiseman as Dr. No. This star is also Jack Lord as Felix Leiter, Bernard Lee as M, Lois Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny, and John Kitzmiller as Quirrell. So the main villain here, what's Dr. No trying to do? He's using a nuclear radio beam to topple Cape Canaveral's missile launches. And how does Bond save the day? Bond disables the radio beam by overloading the nuclear reactor. So starting with you, Nabil, what would you think about this one overall?
2: Um, it was okay. I, I was you know when when we were doing this, I was going through a lot of top ten lists for James Bonds, and this was on pretty much everybody's list. And seeing them all, I, I didn't agree with it, but it's it's classic. This is like what started it all. <laughs> I know shockers. Whoa, uh, sir. This is this is what a lot of the classic tropes. I mean, you've got the the beach scene with a uh, honey rider. You've got uh, you know just the tagline of James Bond and martinis over there. You got the crazy story. Like it's it was fun to watch, especially as a first go. Um, um, and I did enjoy it, but I don't know if it was my favorite one for sure.
1: Yeah. What about you, Marco? I liked it. I thought that it was pretty straightforward and to the point. There wasn't yeah. too much craziness to it. You could tell like it didn't have that big of a budget. And it was more or less like a thriller, basically, and the slow reveal of Doctor No, I thought was pretty cool. It was kind of like that, uh, like that same thing Spielberg does with Jaws, where he doesn't reveal the shark towards like the very end, leaving like the bad guy mysterious. I thought was pretty cool, especially for like that era. It wasn't something they, I, at least I would think something that they didn't regularly do. But I liked Connery's performance as Bond. He just owns the role. He's very smooth from the get go, from when he's like in the casino, just like playing cards, just very smooth. He's just very calm and calculative. He doesn't really seem to panic. Um gets a little handsy with the women, but you know, that's uh just I guess little. that's how it was with the times. Um yeah. The action was okay. You know, you can you can yeah. tell it a little choreographed. It wasn't necessarily the best action, but um overall I I mean I still I still liked it um it's still kind of up there for me just because it's like the first outing of James Bond and because I saw a lot of things that they borrowed from this James Bond in like some of the newer versions uh, of him which you know I'll get to once we get to those movies but um the battle was with Doctor No, I guess, was a little anticlimactic. Um, it wasn't something very, that's, yeah. It wasn't really spectacular, but it's. I mean, it was still kind of horrible the way the the fucker died. I mean he he went he went out Terminator two style basically. So <laughs> yeah, um, and um, yeah, uh, I guess the introduction of like M and Miss Moneypenny for the first time, I think, was pretty cool. the w- The way that they kind of know how James Bond already is. Um, added more, I guess, a little more depth to to the character as well. So, yeah, simple movie. Still enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: and I got to say, this. Um, I'm normally not a fan of this movie, but for some reason, this one just kind of worked for me this time around. I've probably seen – I've seen these ones at least three or four times each. And I have to say, normally Dr. No is a film that I'm not too keen on because – there's a lot in this film that's, you know, like yeah, they they show you M, they show you uh, Money Penny, you even get to the first actor that plays uh, Felix, since they never can hold on to the actor that plays this fucking guy, but <laughs> like there's no cue, there's not a lot of gadgets. His gadget is his fucking, um, the was it the briefcase in this
1: one, or does he even have a gadget? Uh, or he gets a, he gets the Walther. It's the <laughs> he gets his gun, the Walther, yeah, and is a I very think very interesting
2: the... way to sh- introduce the new gun.
1: Yeah, there is there is no real gadget in this. I mean, his car didn't even really have anything.
2: Like... No. Yeah, Q wasn't actually in this film. He comes in no, the next
1: one. No, not at all. And it's funny yeah. because. Um...
0: Yeah, the way they introduce a gun is almost like, hey, man, can you stop uh, hanging, handling that bitch-ass gun? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is the man's oh, gun, by okay. the way. So. Yeah. Which is weird
1: because I, I, I always thought the Beretta was more of a higher caliber gun than the Walter PPK. I mean, I'm not a gun enthusiast. I guess it has gun, for, but... not for the British circuit. Yeah, it's got
0: more stopping power, apparently. I was like, okay. Uh, sure. I, I, I will say too. It, it's funny because yeah, they, they don't they don't reveal Doctor No. And then when they do, it's a white guy playing a Chinese. Like, what? Oh God. <sighs> that's what?
1: Like, it is of the time. They, they do, it a do a lot. Not that it was okay. There's a lot, don't There's a don't even... lot of fucking racist shit in these. Oh, first few and there's the and Caribbean, sexist so you know, stuff too. There's a lot yeah. of stuff
2: just stereotypes being built up in there. Like the way yeah. they,
1: they reference women too. It's just like that dame. She's not gonna do that, you know, just because she's a woman and shit.
0: Yeah. No, I agree, and it, it's just like. There's a lot of moments where even, like, other girls are playing Chinese, quote-unquote, and they're Asian characters, and they're obviously white people. And um, even Honey Rider, uh, did you guys know that she doesn't actually even talk, really? Her real voice? That's all dubbed? Oh, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, not her at all. She had a very thick... I think she's German, right? So, like, she had a very thick... Accent and she spoke her lines, but they dubbed over all of them. So I saw they you do find... a lot
1: of dubbing in these first few movies. Oh,
0: dude, a ton of them, yeah. a ton of dubbing. But that was common for a lot of films in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not shocked. Uh, I will say, yeah, I agree with you too, Marco. the The fight scenes are. I hate that sixties sped up shit they do. Oh they... yeah, the,
2: and it's, I, I <laughs> yeah. didn't realize how apparent the... it was from the first go around to watching yeah. it now.
1: Like you really notice it.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, fuck, it looks... But, I mean...
1: Even in the car chase, too, you can kind of tell that they sped it up a bit. Yeah, I
0: I will mention, too, that there's a lot of scenes where, uh, like, editing or goofs happen very obvious in these movies. And it's almost like they're like, well, fuck it. I guess that's it. So, you know. Um, I we we all saw it I know Nabil in a way saw it all in uh, Amazon streaming all these in 4k and I would highly recommend if you've never seen them in 4k and you have the ability to see 4k check them out because the colors really do pop there's a there's a scene in particular that has almost been like unwatchable in the past and I want to bring that up is the scene with the quote unquote dragon of the island. Oh by the way and a heads up, we are spoiling all these movies. They've been out for like 50 60 years like figure it out. Yep. So if you don't want to hear them, you know, sorry, but I don't think we're really ruining anything
1: for you. <laughs> Rent them, or if you have Amazon Prime, they're free, all of them. And uh,
0: They're on Amazon Prime, and also, um, if you have Apple TV, Epix is free for the whole month. Every one of them is on Epix this month as well, so you can check it out too.
1: And most subscriptions are giving you, like, 30 days for free right now. Right. Yeah.
0: So the, that scene in particular, I don't, I don't know if you guys have noticed, a lot of times when they do, quote-unquote, like, night scenes... Um, it's really actually still in the day and it just darkened this, this scene up and that's why it looks really shitty. But And in the past, I could never tell a lot of these scenes where it's like, fuck, it's so hard to see these people. But now, finally, I was like, I can actually see what's going on. All you right. Know,
1: I kind of wondered about that because as I was watching it, I saw it in 4K also. I was like, did this look that good in not 4K? No. It pops out not. too. I got to say, whoever did the restoration
0: on these movies did like an excellent job too. Yeah. So I'll give him that much too. Um anticlimactic ending. The whole the whole setup of this movie is pretty silly too, guys, with the um trying to blow up the uh rockets coming out of Cape Canaveral. But once again, it's the first go. And um it my last thing I'll say is that I don't act I, just looking at director of Terrence Young, I was I was doing some research on this. It almost seems like Terrence Young is like a discount Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know if that makes sense to you. If you look at his three movies, it kind of makes sense. A lot of times he up. has probably, well, I mean, the reason why I'm saying it's like, there are a lot of drawn out dialogue scenes in all three of these films that he's done and that I think go on a little too long. And it's almost like he's trying to be clever with his like dialogue and like the scenes. And it's like, okay, slow the fuck down, dude. So he yeah.
2: wants to make sure he has enough time to land as one-liners.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a common trope of everything with Sean Connery, and it's cheesy as fuck. Jeez. But once again, I will agree with both of you guys that from the very first scene you see Sean Connery, you understand why he was so fucking cool as James Bond and well known as James Bond. Like you can tell, like this guy is the definition of fucking cool. Like he's just yeah. even from a movie from 1962. You see that and, like, I'd hang out with that guy.
1: You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, I'd, I'd give him a few pointers here and there, but uh, other than yeah. that, that, he's yeah. he's smooth as fuck. You know, but, uh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yep. Yeah. And that kind of set the standard for,
0: like, what you expect out of a James Spawn. And that's why, w- the reason why we're doing this, too, is not just because of uh, the No Time to Die is coming out this year at the end of the year in November, but... It's just fun. It's interesting, especially if you haven't seen these, just to see the evolution of the character and how he's gone through the decades leading up to it. Bro, I'm
1: just trying to get to those Timothy Dalton ones. You (laughs) and me both.
0: Guys, give Roger Moore. Watch, man, watch Nabil be like, actually, he's my favorite one.
1: For a lot of people, Roger Moore is. Yeah, truthfully,
0: it also comes down to uh, who the James Bond was for you when you kind of started watching movies and growing up. Like, for me and Nabil, it's probably. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce I
1: mean, Rosnan. they they technically did the same amount of movies. I mean, well, Connor did six, technically seven, and then uh, Moore did seven. So I mean, it's like they got the same amount of movies.
0: In a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Moore just. Uh, we're going off the topic, but he. I think he overstays his welcome, but that's Fuck. fine.
2: <laughs> and with that, uh, let's move on to the next film from Russia with Love. Only the second James Bond thriller could be more exciting
1: than the first. Krilenko. So he's back.
2: Another Bulgarian they uses as a killer. Take a look. You should remember him. This man kills for pleasure.
0: James Bond, that notorious, amazing Dr. No Secret Agent is back and half the world is out to kill him as he fits his murderous talents against the Iron Curtain and its velvet women.
1: Well, I'll tell you something called Tony. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size.
2: For me, that is. So this is James Bond's second outing, 95% Rotten Tomatoes score. James Bond willingly falls into an assassination plot involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by SPECTRE, Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. Uh,
0: I just want to bring that up. I don't think they ever kind of explained it. That's why. Yeah. I was like, that's what it means. A, now you guys know what I think they, a very they mentioned it once and that's
1: it. <laughs> Did they? Yeah, yeah they okay. do at the beginning. That's it. They might have.
0: Yeah, yeah okay.
2: Uh, again, directed by Terrence Young. Um, he also did Thunderball uh, on top of the first film, of course. This film, again, Sean Connery, age 33, probably 32. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the main Bond girl was Daniela Bianchi, I think is how you say that, as uh, Tatiana Romanova. Uh, villains are Colonel Rosa Klebb as Lottie Lenya. Anthony Dawson. As Sorry, I meant that, that the other way, way around. around. So I I noticed noticed that should be yes. I just noticed that. Sorry about that. Oh, he's a colonel by
1: trade. That's Jesus. the lady, by the way. <laughs>
2: um, Anthony Dawson as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Robert Shaw as Donald Red Grant. Oops, here's the guys. Uh, and also starring Pedro Armendariz as Ali Carambay, Desmond Llewelyn as Q for the first time, uh, Bernard mm-hmm. Lee as M. And uh, Lois Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny. So what are the villains trying to do here? They're trying to kill James Bond, of course, but in a very humiliating sex scandal. So that way uh, there's revenge there for killing Dr. No while also stealing, which is I think the main plot here, stealing the decoding device called the Lecter from the Soviet Union. Um, What does Bond do to save the day? He basically acquires a device for MI6 and evades uh, Spectre's attempts on his life. So, James, what did you think about this one?
0: This one, I think, is... uh, This is the real standard, I think, for this movie, or for 007, because by the time you get From Russia With Love, it came out a year later, and I think they kind of... Not even kind of... It just gets more into the familiar tropes of James Bond. Um, For instance we get Q finally you finally see some sort of gadgets in this one once again right. it's nothing crazy it's really just that briefcase that like hey you got to open it this way if not it blows up but they up. use it though eh?
2: like i think they use everything True.
0: from that case yes they do mm-hmm. they do they use all the stuff in there and on top of that um i think uh, you know why you know why i also brought up the um the hitchcock thing because the damn helicopter
1: scene is straight out oh, of yeah. fucking north by northwest <laughs> oh yeah on, when it's uh, when it's just missing him just by yeah. like yeah.
0: I think th- some of the scenes in this one are absolutely beautiful, too. The shots of Istanbul, I think, in particular, are excellent. Yep, definitely. They shot. This is back in the day when, I mean, obviously, you got the fake-ass CG during the car scenes, which are hilarious, I think. And uh, every time I watched it with my dad and my mom, I was like, oh, this is a studio shot. It's a backdrop. And <laughs> Yeah, backdrop <laughs> to the max. But, like, Istanbul looks really great. I love... Um, that Red Grant is basically the Russian, like KGB slash Specter version of fucking Bond, yeah. and I like that he's just like a nonstop monster and he's just after him. And I think that for the most part, the plot here is a little more grounded than it was in Doctor No. It's a little bit more realistic of how, like, okay, they're not stopping like a world domination; they're just trying to get a fucking machine. And they sent a dude, and you know, Specter like always is playing both sides. But you know, maybe the Russians know a little bit more. And I really do like the uh, Bond girl in this one as okay. well. So, um, even though she's kinda she's kinda caught up in it too, you know. But truthfully she's she's solid in this one too, and that's uh Tatiana. So and on top of that, I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was a video game actually based on this uh movie right. that came out when I think it was I was in high school. Yeah, I think it was on Xbox, say? the first generation of the Bond. Xbox consoles. and PS two and stuff like that. And they actually had, like, Sean Connery come back to do his, like, lines for that one, too, which is really cool. And it's just one of those things where, I don't know, it just, because of that, I think maybe I'm more into the story in this one, too, especially. And, uh, I don't know, just more of the same. But I, I really do like how this one plays out. It's more of a solid story, I think. it's I think it's a little pacing-wise, I think, at times, though, it, it does suffer from, like I said before, some drawn-out moments where it's like, okay, how long are we going to be in fucking Istanbul for, you know? And for most people, they only remember the
1: train scene, I'd say, from this one. But
0: I like it overall. I yeah. think it's a solid movie. What about you, Marco? What were
2: your thoughts on this one?
1: I, I agree with everything James said. It's definitely a solid sequel movie. And it, it definitely continues the storyline from you know the previous movie, trying to get revenge for Dr. No dying and stuff. I do like uh, Red Grant, uh, Donald Red Grant, because I agree with uh, with James that he was just like a force to be reckoned with. And it's like the, you know, mirror version of James Bond. He was just like so fucking hard to stop. And he was also very good at infiltrating too. Yeah. So it's the only time I've ever really seen that in a James Bond movie where it's like his counterpart trying to do his job too, and he can go toe-to-toe to toe with james bond as well even though like bond could tell oh, i i know who you are it, it's still kind of interesting to see like their dynamics together on screen it was a much bigger budget based on location with the exception of uh of the car screens i did chuckle a bit myself too because you could tell like it was just like backdrop film that they had during the during the chases i also liked the introduction of the gadgets for the first time too it was very reminiscent to some of the newer movies where q showing Like a, I guess, quote unquote, newer version of James Bond, like all the new gadgets. And like Nabil said, the fact that they actually use them all is also pretty cool because I don't really think that happens in the future movies. They show a whole bunch, but they don't necessarily use all of them. Um, Uh, I think they do to a point, don't they? To a point. I
2: don't think for everything. Sometimes they just use the main ones.
1: The plot is also a little more straightforward and more realistic. They're trying to steal, like, an actual device that, like, governments would would use in order to, like, spy on each other and stuff. So, I kind of like that aspect of it. Spectre actually conducting, like, I guess, realistic, quote-unquote, terrorism was pretty cool. So, overall, like, I I would recommend this one, and I think it has aged well. But I will say that James Bond was a lot more of an asshole in this one than in any of the other (laughs) movies. He was very much like a dick to like the uh, 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 the chick Tatiana. in this one. Um, God, oh, I'm no blanking no. on her name.
0: The Bond girl. Yeah, Tat- Tatiana. Tatiana. Tatiana.
1: He was. Yeah, he was such an asshole to her, and also too like to some of his allies sometimes as well too. At least that's like the kind of vibe I got from him. It's the only time where I got that from him was in this movie, and I remember specifically after finishing this one i was like man he was kind of a dick in this one and then that sort of changes in the other movies but that's my only qualm with it oh um
2: i mean i would think that he was a dick pretty he gets progressively dickish in each film but maybe that's just me i actually i I do enjoy this film uh quite a bit this one if the first one introduces bond and introduces sean connery as being the cool guy in the film this one really like cements the idea of, of of you know, the whole, basically the foundation of what all the other Bonds strive to be, right? As far as like his mannerisms, like the general story about the girl and the villain. I mean, they do a really good job with um, having uh, the overall arc of a simple plot. And yet you get to go travel to different places in the world. You get to um, be able to see different characters kind of interact with each other, like being able to see, Uh, red grant play off of you know from a distance as as menacing and working of a people that bond interacts with in the background like that's pretty cool yeah um just like he's always a presence but bond doesn't know what's going on or why and he's though he feels like he's in control he never really is um and i I, that kind of makes him a bit vulnerable and but it also builds to the kind of like the legend i think like even just for me that opening scene of where they're in the garden and you know they're hunting him and then he basically kills quote bond that uh, i think was a great scene just to see if, especially for the beginnings like, oh he's already killed off in this film like you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. you know I, I think that's a great way to introduce the <laughs> <a> character <laughs> and be like
0: do you notice uh his face is like whiter in that one showing you that like it's a guy wearing a right. mask quote or yeah. cool, like makeup or something yeah, yeah. i thought so. that was hilarious that's a hint, because at first I was like, yeah, color's a little off on this fucking movie. <laughs> and then I was like, never mind, yeah. it's on purpose. They, uh, well, you notice the same nice. thing. Yeah, I, just, I was like, he's got
2: a lot of makeup on all of a sudden. I wonder why.
0: Yeah, same thing. I was like, yo, they're trying to hide I like, his fucking age. But I was budget. like, he's only like 33. Yeah. Or I was like, shitty makeup,
1: maybe? It's cool that they even showed their agents training to kill for Bond because yeah. he's like that good. And I thought that that was kind of a smart plot point for the bad guys.
0: It is hilarious though how fucking just random. Like, here's our fucking crew, and they're just like just all doing training evil up this shit.
2: Yeah. Well, and then like you know you get the you you get a real sense of who Blowfield is. Like, he basically kills what was it uh, his number eleven, um, and so they're all freaked out by him, and they don't really know what he's gonna do. Like, he doesn't accept failure, and it's and it's uh, sets that kind of trope of who he's gonna be and what what his deal is. Obviously, it leans more into it in the other films, but it's a good way to. I think introduced that organization and yeah, you know.
0: and this is the first time we actually hear. We don't, you don't see him or you don't see his face. You just see him, yeah. so this is the first time you see Bullfield. Uh I will say, like once again though, I, I was talking about drawn out scenes. I think like the gypsy camp is almost unnecessary. Oh yeah, definitely. That whole scene is like you could have saved. It's 15,
2: it's like minutes. an anime like, with fan they're service. They're having those two chicks whole, fight for yeah, him. That whole thing was fan service. Yeah, Jeez, yeah, it's it. Yeah,
1: it goes on too long. and It's very cringeworthy too.
2: Although I was very upset yeah. with his uh, his friend once he uh, passed away. He was uh, killed. What was the guy's name? Um, Ali Ali Karam. You know, I was yeah. I was like, oh, they killed him up. I liked him yeah, actually. actually really yeah, I story. liked him.
0: Yeah, I liked him, too. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's, like, the first one to kind of understand Bond, like, mm-hmm. where he's coming from, too. Like, hey, eh. uh, I will say that the Russian lady's death at the end is fucking hilarious. Yeah. As well. <laughs> she's just like, don't worry. And then she just got shot. I was like, But you know what? Oh, guys? when, when she's
1: dressed up as a maid, it, it looks <laughs> yeah. straight out of an Austin Powers movie. And I was just fucking <laughs> dying.
2: But I, I kind of also was, like, kudos to her for, like, actually taking the initiative, going out of her way to do it. Like, I'm going to do this myself. Oh. You know, you don't tell. Yeah, them. but it's
0: mostly because she's like, I, I, did the wrong thing, right? Basically, and I, I and I love how uh, all the bad guys in these movies just reveal everything to Bond. Oh yeah, each time. Like, oh, they've cool. had plenty
2: of chances to kill him.
1: Plenty. Didn't even ask. Didn't even but
0: cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Let so, me
1: yeah. reveal plot, my plot, plot trope. first. All right, and on to the next Bond film, Goldfinger. Stop!
0: Look, he's gunning
2: for trouble. 007 It spells, Bond.
0: Shocking. He's the idol of every woman.
1: Who are you? Bond.
0: James Bond.
2: The envy of every man. The Nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger.
0: Goldfinger.
1: So this one came out in nineteen sixty-four. It's got a rotten tomato score of ninety-eight percent. And the plot point for this one is, while investigating gold magnet smuggling, James Bond uncovers a plot to contaminate the Fort Knox gold reserve. This is directed by Guy Hamilton, who did Diamonds Are Forever and who will also do Live and Let Die in 1973, and The Man with the Golden Gun. Basically, all the Roger Moore ones. Ah, uh, so Sean, Con-
0: no, the first, the, the other first good two, ones. <laughs>
1: the first two, yeah. So this one stars Sean Connery again as 007 and his age is roughly 34, 33 in this one depending on the filming. The main Bond girl is Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore and I did not make that name up. Uh, the villains for this one is Gert Forb as Arik Goldfinger, Harold Sakata as Oddjob and it also stars Shirley Eaton as Jill Masterson. Tanya Mallet as Tilly Masterson, Sek Linder as Felix Leader, who's, uh, I guess, the new Felix because they keep changing characters here, like in Phase 1 of the Marvel (laughs) MCU. Desmond Llewellyn as Q. Bernard Lee as M. And Lois Maxwell as Ms. Moneypenny. So, what's the villain trying to do here? Eradicate the gold in Fort Knox with a nuclear weapon, because apparently you can do that. Uh, how does Bond save the day? He doesn't. An American technician safely disables the bomb. So, with everything going on in the movie, it comes down to, like, the last, I think, five or seven seconds, and just some guy comes and says, I got it. I shit you not. I shit you not. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Nabil, what did you think about this one? I love gold. <laughs> fuck I thought the same <laughs> I, thing
2: yeah I mean that's what I kept thinking the whole time was I kept thinking of World member when I saw uh, goldfinger this film was good I actually uh, thought it was quite enjoyable uh art Goldfinger was a very different uh, bad guy um very f- sure of himself um had odd job very was a great, eccentric yeah very eccentric odd was a great kind of bodyguard guy who took care of everything and took care of it well without with no remorse um the the plot itself, i mean what are you gonna do we're gonna break into fort knox <laughs> like i don't know if it was a cliche back then but it's definitely a cliche now um yeah but uh it was it was different you know there the the idea of instead of stealing the gold contaminating the gold um so the us couldn't use it and you know bring down their stocks or the currency value whatever i guess he was trying to do and it makes his
0: gold very, very worth yeah. more money right? it's a very so. interesting
2: way of doing it um <laughs> I did love the scene where uh the the uh plane was spray supposedly pr- spraying the gas and everybody just collapsed that's a scene where J- you know James you were talking about Terrence Young taking a long time for some for dialogue that scene yeah. drawed out like they had to show you everything. it really uh-huh. wants you to show
0: you like hey there's a lot of people here but this is what happened but then I mean truthfully they're all they're all fake they wanted to like that, that budget man
1: it's like we could we I mean, we spent
0: a
2: lot of extra money on extras being able to show them how to collapse on a on a dime there. Um so I mean it was entertaining. It was a good film. I there's a lot of just memorable scenes from the first time you meet Goldfinger and this is where I felt Marco where James Bond, Sean Connery was really show, amping up his dickishness. You know, he just really had a thing on picking on Goldfinger and really had no like, trying to hit on his girlfriend but, or slept with it and, like, wh- with her and then hooking up with the other girl and
1: just always... But, see, I don't mind, I don't mind him being a dick to the villain, though. But when, when he's... When it's his love interest, supposedly, and he's being, like, too much of an asshole, I'm like, bro, isn't that the one you're supposed to, like, get away with at the end of the movie or something? But, but yeah, I, I, I see your point.
2: Well, I mean, like... Whoa. As a,
1: Marco, that's, that's
0: 1990s James Sir, What the fuck are you talking about? Well, like... <laughs> I'd say, like, think
2: about Jill Masterson, right? He hooks up with her, and then she has the iconic scene of basically being covered in gold on the bed, right? And then, yeah, that's a really good. It's a really a good, good scene, too. very, very iconic um, scene that you see there. But then you've got this other character, Tilly Masterson, who's trying to avenge her sister's death, and um, he's also slightly into all of a sudden, <laughs> which is like, okay, great. Um, and then, oh, guess what? She dies, and we move on. It's like, oh, so that whole subplot of her trying to avenge the sister was for nothing, basically. No. Um, so there, there, I think that was probably the one thing that I thought was just kind of a weird thing to add in. Like, it created conflict at the beginning, but then it just, I don't know, maybe the writers just kind of gave up on it and said, no, nah, we'll just hire, uh, what's her name, um, the, the other Bond girl on here, Honor Blackman, or Pussy Galore, to be the uh, main Bond girl. Pussy. So I didn't know what they were trying to do with that, but... That was probably my only my only gripe with it is that it just seems like a very throwaway plotline to have the sister in there and then you know just
1: as quick as she came she left, yeah, and then not not fulfill it or anything like that. Right, I understand. Uh, what what about you, James? How did you feel about this movie? Um, I like this
0: movie. I I think this one is always gets a little bit really high praise because of certain things that happen in it of course I mean it's the first time you see Bond and his iconic Aston Martin the silver one Uh, you finally see the whole Q branch and it really breaks off into the gadgets the gadgets in this one are are really cool you know you have like the tracking device you have the car the car itself is is such a cool fucking car too man it's just like this is fucking nuts man um once again Felix is played by like a this is the first time that you see a change this is the first of many like you said so, it's one of these things where it's just... I don't know why they kept switching them. Not until... I, Dude, I think not until, like, the Dalton films is he, like, the same guy for two movies in a row. So, I like Art Goldfinger because he is the first villain to not actually reveal his entire fucking plan to James Bond. The scene... the My, my most iconic scene outside of the... Um, who is it? Jill Masterson gets right. covered in gold? Yes. Uh, I, I really like the scene where Bond is about to have the laser... You know, cut him in half, and he's uh, he's telling him like, "Hey, what's your plan?" And he's like, "He's like, uh, what do you pre-? you know?" He says something around like, "What do you uh, expect me to do?" He's like, "I expect you to oh, die." Oh yeah, and he just that's such off. an iconic line. Yeah. Like, yeah. He says, "You
1: expect me to talk?" Yeah. and he's like, "No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die." <laughs> Love it. Yeah,
0: which is awesome because he's not like, "I'm not telling you shit. Fuck you. Go ahead, you can die." And it's like, "Oh fuck," as opposed to the other guys who can't keep it secret to their fucking self. And and just to add to um, that too, I
2: think he's the only villain who when. Except for when he actually needs Bond, was the only one that was willing to just kill him. Like throughout the whole film, like everybody else, they always kept for what for, some for what we've yeah for what we've seen yeah, in, the, so in far, these yeah. films. I'm saying the Connery films, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. Everyone else is casual. Like, all right, I'll see you in the morning. Like, wait, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> you didn't let him sleep? <laughs> uh, I would say Pussy Galore is one of those Bond girls that uh, she's supposed to be like a strong kind of. She's supposed to be portrayed as like a strong female, and that's why she has her own crew and kind of doesn't take shit from them in a way and does her own thing, but I, I don't know. I don't think they do a good job with these at any of the Sean Connery films or showing any strong female protagonists It at starts all.
2: out promising, but um, they, they also come to It always does,
0: because what I was going to say was like all... There's like... We did main Bond girls, and I'm trying to show quotes, but now we don't have video <laughs> up. So the whole point is like, there's a there's always plenty of Bond girls per movie. There's always the Bond girl that usually dies early on, thus, you know, Jill Masterson. Um, there's always the Bond girl that's usually a villain and then, like, turns and, like, uses that to seduce them and get him And, like, okay. And then there's also ones that, you know, are, like, a sidekick pretty much. He's, he always is, like, a sidekick if you think about it. Every movie, so... Um, yeah, he has one, one that warms ones, him
1: certainly. up, one that gets him going, and yeah. <laughs> then the one that finishes him off in the end. I, I I see what you're saying. I thought I thought Marco was describing his week
0: last week. So. Uh, I will uh, also say too that I actually really like Odd Job a lot. I think he's one of the better henchmen out of the uh, classic Sean Connery ones, Bill. And from uh, having love of GoldenEye uh, on Nintendo 64 back in the day, <laughs> Odd Job was kind of the the cheap he, character because he he's cheater. short. And he was kind of hard to hit, and he would be the guy on the. sort of like, no, nobody could play odd job. But I mean, back then, none of us knew who the fuck odd job really was, right? right? We hadn't seen these movies, so we we're like, he's like an Asian guy with a bowler hat. <laughs> uh, and I also have to say, I know this is super immature, but the way that Sean Connery says pussy in this movie is just hilarious, just with his accent. He's like, well, hello, Pushy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's it. a uh, Goldfinger. Pretty solid movie. And uh, there's things I like about it, but I think this is uh, him as James Bond. This is his prime, Definitely. his prime film, in my opinion. So.
1: I, I I agree with what you guys said. I think this is, uh, like Nabil says, this is the movie that epitomizes James Bond and and gives you all the imagery, specifically with the car. Um, I I fucking love that car. I thought it was. Pretty awesome. That whole radar GPS thing—you gotta admit it was pretty ahead for its time as well. I mean, it looks shitty like now, but (laughs) can I mention something about that, Marco?
0: I was talking to my dad. It's impossible that it changes like the different maps. It just—it's not even possible. I'm like, how do they have this? This is doesn't even make any radar,
2: guys. You just don't understand
0: it. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, what do they put it over I mean, they meant to call. They meant to say GPS,
1: but they did not know what the fuck that was back then. So (laughs) all they knew was radar. But yeah. uh, I, I agree that I think Pussy Galore, I think, is the only one that I guess is a quote-unquote strong woman in it, or at least their attempt to make it. At least at least she had a squad. Everyone else, at least for the movies we've seen so far, didn't really have anything. They had no sense of purpose or no sense of leadership or anything. So she at least had that. Um, still a throwaway character, though. And yes, it was hilarious how Sean Connery said her name because it was almost like he knew that he was just getting away with saying the word pussy, so oh he knew yeah, yeah he knew. <laughs> um. But I I liked our Goldfinger because he was batshit insane, and yeah he was the only one that so far has come close to killing James Bond and not you know telling him what he was gonna do. And it was legit like how the fuck was James Bond gonna get out of that situation? So it was a very tense moment. Um, it's very iconic. Um. And, yeah, although I do agree that when uh, Pussy Galore's, um, I guess, crew starts gassing everybody, that scene did drag on a little too long. Um, It made more sense now that it was revealed that everyone was faking it anyway. Um, And I kind of like that kind of uh, slate of hand that they had because I didn't see that coming, even though this is one of the movies that I had seen before. Um, Aside from that, I don't think that this plot would hold up to these days because we are not on the gold standard anymore. Years later we were taken off of that and we use fiat money. So even if you were to irradiate that gold, it wouldn't have done anything to our economy.
0: Yeah. It's 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 definitely another time too and they have a better ending on this one, I think, compared to the other they two do. of how they yeah. take out the bad guys too. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, really good first of the uh, really good theme songs. I think
1: they they actually get into like a real gunfight with the bad guys. I kind of like that, where it was like a whole army against another army. The scale of it, I I like that. Um, yeah, bigger the, the, the the movies with Sean Connery, they're very violent too. They're not even afraid to show blood for that time too, which I thought was pretty cool. As red as it is, yeah, yeah. I mean you can tell it's like, catch-up or paint, but still.
0: It's like paint a lot yeah. of times. But uh, yeah, like I'm saying, the really good theme song is uh, still stuck in my yeah. head. And I do um, I do agree with you, Marco. It's it's a bigger scale. Once again, all the budgets in, keep on increasing throughout the movies. And um, I believe uh, Goldfinger's budget was bigger than the first two movies combined. So, you know, they obviously were quite popular. So, yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to the next film. We have 1965's Thunderbolt.
2: James Bond is in operation. And what an operator he is in Ian
0: Fleming's Thunderball. Have you seen everything you came to see?
2: I'll go back to your friends and report. Tell them the little fish I throw back into the sea. on! Thunderball stars Claudine Auger. Young, beautiful, trapped. Could be dangerous. What sharp little eyes you've got. Wait till you get to my teeth. Adolfo Celli, smooth, silent. Spectre's agent of death. All
0: right, so this is a uh, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. James Bond heads to the Bahamas to recover two nuclear warheads stolen by Spectre agent Emilio Largo in an international extortion scheme. This is directed by Terrence Young. This, uh, he previously did Dr. No and From Russia With Love. So this is his last movie that he did for the James Bond franchise. Uh, Sean Connery's in this one. He's about 35. Our main Bond girl is Claudine Alger as Domino Derville. Our villains are Adolfo Selly as Emilio Largo and Anthony Dawson as Ernst Stavro Boefeld. Once again, that's just his body or his voice. You don't really see. Or I think it's his body. I don't think you see his face. You don't see his face in this one either. Uh, we have also starring Rick Van Nutter. He plays Felix in this one, so that's the uh, that's, that's, right. that's, that's the third right. actor to play What's him. What's his name again? Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, rewind it 10 seconds, you figure it's, that it's out. Late, it's late, guys. <laughs> yeah, so he's the third guy to play him. Once again, they I don't know why they... I, I'd like to know why they kept switching fucking Felix's. Uh, we have Luciana Paluzzi as Fiona, and Desmond Lewin returns as Q, Bernard Lee returns as M, and Lois uh also returns as Miss Moneypenny. Uh, the plot of the villain—he's basically trying to steal two nuclear warheads and use them to extort money from various world governments. Uh, Bond saves the day by the missiles are recovered and safely destroyed by Bond and the U.S. Coast Guard.
1: So, Marco, what'd you think about this one? Um, as far as the plot goes, the, the plot was okay. It, it, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought it, it had probably. Would you, would you say that it's
0: it? It's, it tends to, with the Bond films, like the last one's pretty large scale, and this one kind of somewhat tones it down. It I'd does, say.
1: It, yeah, it does tone it down, but I do like the action sequences. It does do things a little bit different. Uh, for example, you have, like, towards the end, you have the underwater fight scenes and stuff, which were really intense because mm-hmm. it's underwater. You know, they could lose oxygen, and at the same time, they have to, like, manhandle each other. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the cinematography was great, there was a lot of really great shots throughout the movie. Um, but like the plot was just kind of ridiculous. This is like the one where it started like holding the the world ransom for millions of dollars. And it's like what Austin Powers Mm -hmm. ripped off where Dr. Evil's asking for like a hundred million dollars. And I think that's the actual amount they're asking for in this movie. (laughs) And that just kind of made me chuckle. I think so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, for, I mean, for the most part, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, um, the The Bond Girl as a, a Domino. Um, I thought that she was probably one of the better of the Bond Girls, in my opinion, and she also had a pretty I agree badass too. name, Domino. Like it's just like an awesome name, easy to remember too. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it 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 holds up again. Like the 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 whole bad guy like plot is not as good as some of the other ones. I mean, they're all batshit insane. But um this one's kind of, like, more of the, like, cliche one. But overall, like, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, what about you, Nibble?
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree that the plot was very thin overall. And, and you know, based off of how they were trending with the other two movies before, that seems like a very simplistic plot for some reason, you know. And apparently, it's just really easy to steal nuclear warheads because that's what they're they're dealing with throughout most of these films. Mm-hmm. But, um, I did think that the underwater scene was like probably the biggest takeaway from this film and that's probably the more iconic one is just uh, that battle underneath there goes on for a while it is very tense you don't know what's going to happen bond is up in there you got all the CIA agents up there fighting specter like it's it's pretty epic just watching that especially i can only imagine during that time seeing all that I, I
1: do I epic. do have one one other thing to add like um with <laughs> When, when they escape at the end like it's just a uh, bond and uh and the chick on the raft <laughs> in the boat yeah in the, the boat, boat. Oh, the there rapper. was a third guy with them <laughs>
2: Okay, I was gonna yeah, bring that, that up too. Stuff. I
1: wrote in
0: my notes where the fuck did
1: the who doctor? said he go? couldn't just swim? around
2: somewhere. They gave him a life
0: uh, buoy or something, right? Maybe. I think that they. I I don't think he died. I think they imply that he just. That he's in the other no, room. That motherfucker yeah. drowned. I'm well, sorry, he drowned. Why they don't go back to him though? I don't understand why they don't go back to him to be like, hey, he's like. No, dead, and so. it's funny because he's just a guy.
2: who She didn't even know who he was. Just some guy saved me. He let me out. You know. Because he's gonna defect, and that was that was that was that was it. the way to overcome her being locked up. How did she get free? Some scientist was defecting and freed her. That was it. Oh, resolved, and, and she just kind of gave cool. throw throwaway. No, because he was
1: like, "Man, I'm evil, but uh, I'm not that evil, so I'm out. Can can okay. I join you guys?" Basically, is what he said. Mhm.
2: It was a really quick throwaway just to help move the plot forward. They couldn't figure out the. I bet your writer was going through. He's like, "Wait, how do we get Domino out of this though?" It's like we got to put a scientist in there. We got to we got to get somebody in there. So um, yeah, yeah. That that, that was definitely a, the weirdest scene. At the end is very after seeing all that epic battle and then just it ending like that. It seemed kind of odd, but um, I mean, it was okay. I think it was one of the weaker ones overall with the um how the plot was trending and um compared to especially the previous films. It's not. It's definitely uh, didn't meet up to the bars that each film was kind of rising to. No, it was more
1: fun, really. Yeah, it's just, it was they more were entertaining.
2: Really, exactly. They were just going more for, like, the big set pieces on this, I think.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I have a bit of a soft spot for this one because this is the first uh, older James Bond film that I ever watched when I was a kid. So this one, um, I definitely do like those underwater sequences a lot. I think they're well done. Uh, they're pretty big. I can't. I don't even know how like 1965 technology was able to capture half that All stuff, right. you know? Because yep. a lot of it looks really. I mean, as we know, it still looks really good today. Um, I can't believe you guys. Are, you guys are missing some of the bigger points, though. Dude, he has a fucking jetpack in the beginning, bro. Yeah, I just I saw that.
1: Like, really? How Wild. I By was, the way, I want you I was guys gonna to that.
0: remember. <laughs> I want you to remember the jetpack, okay? Because it looks there's a reason why hilarious. I'm gonna let you know. It is hilarious. By the way, that is real. By the way, not fake. Somebody only two people in the entire world could uh, pilot that thing, and they had the one guy that could do it. So, oh, I didn't know that. I thought that was all real jetpack. Nope, totally real. Also, like I said, remember that because when we get to the Pierce Brosnan movies, I'm gonna I'm gonna test you guys with something. Okay. Okay. So there's a direct reference to Thunderball in one of those movies, and it's kind of hilarious. And you'd only know it if you've seen all the movies. Uh, I also gotta say, his toupee is looking amazing in this movie. Oh yeah. How did that shit not that, fall off in the water? That color scheme, too, by the
2: way. Uh, he definitely... I don't know. They were trying to change up the the hair color because it's a little brighter on top than the others. Didn't are. they start the yeah, toupee
1: the pre- in Goldfinger, though, when they started it, right? He's had He has a toupee or wig in every movie. Yeah, it is. It, even no, Doctor No it wasn't. It was it was uh con. It was a rumor that it was, but that's the only movie where he doesn't. The first two, I think. Yeah.
0: Really, I heard he was already going bald when he was like twenty. That's according
1: so. to IMDb. Like he still had enough hair to where they were like, oh, we can work with this. But then after that, they were like, mm, nah, bro. If so, I mean, if anything, I feel like that would be where they had the toupee a little bit just to cover up
0: a spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I mean, I'm, spoiler alert. Even Roger Moore wears one on every movie, so you'll you'll see. Because he had like a bald spot in the back that they had to cover up. So.
1: Not, not everyone can rock a poppin' door like us, bro.
0: I, I, I can't. Man, it just... That's sad. Uh, this is the only movie where you see all the 00 agents in uh, the room together, by the way. I thought that's a super that was cool shot. Yeah. Um, you see all eight of them just sitting there. Uh, Or nine. I think there's nine of them. Mm-hmm. So what I like too, though, is that the, once again, a different Felix, which is hilarious. Uh, I love that Q pops up in the fucking Bahamas. I know we like, hey, what's <laughs> and up? And he seems Let's so frustrated, too. <laughs> yeah, he's always pissed at him. Like, hey, man, stop fucking my shit up. And, man, can I also mention, James Bond is wearing the shortest shorts I've ever seen in my well, life.
2: Well, isn't the, isn't that his iconic <sighs> blue shorts,
0: too, that they show? Because no, I'm talking about those pink ones, baby. Uh, that's well, the style back then, bro. Too, that's I the think. style. But yes, But <laughs> Dude, my dad was clapping. He's like, I remember those. <laughs> Uh, I love when he's dancing with the uh, the one chick that's the, uh, what's her name? Luciano Puluzzi plays Fiona. So Fiona is uh, the bad chick in this one that's like playing everybody. And uh, she gets shot when they're dancing. I love the line where the guys, he's like, hey, can I put my friend here? She's just dead. And he leaves her. And I was like, mm, that's I a like line. how he saw so that
1: she was going to get shot. And he was like, mm, this is my shield right here. <laughs> does sit. Oh, yeah, he, he does turned it around.
0: Anyway, yep. I was like, fuck. He's like, suck it um yeah but for the most part uh I i agree though it's probably a step down but i, I don't think it's a step down in quality because if anything, quality just gets better and better with these movies uh storyline wise it's a little weird I, I mean they were it's a little complex if you think about it they, they have a guy that had plastic surgery that disguised himself as a pilot so they crashed it that they have two bombs i'm like this is wild as fuck dude bro they're asking for a think...
1: hundred million dollars
0: <laughs> that's a lot of money i mean secure. back then In 1965, yeah, 1965, that's quite a lot.
1: That's
0: a lot. And it's one of those things, too, where I think... I actually like Largo as a bad guy, too, by the way. Yeah, some people, A lot of people don't, but I actually like him. He's a little more grounded. He's not as campy as the other guys. I mean, yeah, he has the fucking eye patch and shit, right? But you're like...
1: He's number two, man.
0: Yeah, he's literally number two, yeah. so it's like, he's the guy, like, I, right-hand man of Blofeld, I, and it's like... Yeah, okay.
1: no, I, I will give him that, too, because the whole time I thought, you know, number two is going to be just, like, some random guy, but no, he was actually, like, a full-flesh bad guy. He actually, like, uh could... Follows through with his plans. Yeah, he like, could hold oh, and up his own. He's not, just, he's not just a lackey. Yeah. So. No, not at all, which makes sense
0: if he's the right-hand man of Blofeld, right? That it makes sense, um... To have him as the character, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, I mean, overall, like I said, I probably have kind of a soft spot because I saw this. This was the first of many times I've seen the movie back when I was a kid, so I I like this one quite a bit. So,
2: all right, uh, moving on to the next one. You only live twice. Welcome, Honorable
1: 007. He's the one and only Sean Connery. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Japan, Mr. Bond. He's bigger than life. Facing a thousand deaths. And you only live twice. And twice is the only way to live. We're too late. Well, at least he died on the job. So this film came out in 1967. 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, premise here Secret agent James Bond and the Japanese Secret Service must find and stop the true culprit of a series of space hijackings before war is provoked between Russia and the United States.
0: Whoa! Sorry. Whoa, we're in space now. I actually wrote space with two exclamation points on my notes. Oh, man. Uh, directed by
2: Louis Gilbert, who actually also directed The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. So, you know, there's a little bit of space ties there. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Sean Connery is 37 in this film, probably 36. Uh, main Bond girl is Mai Hama as Kissy Suzuki. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of Japanese names. So I'm going to apologize in advance for butchering any of them. Don't. Just do, them. just do it. Just do it. Main villain here is uh, Donald Pleasance as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. It's actually a first appearance of his new face, new actor overall. Um so yeah, you know, that's Because that's you only ever see his
0: body before and you don't in his yeah. voice, you never see the actual face of him. It's yeah, Dr. Evil bro. You spent a lot of time yeah.
2: with him in this film for sure. Yeah. Um also starring Akiko Wakabayashi as Aki, Tatsuro Tamba as Tiger Tanaka, Teru Shimada as Mr. Osada, Karen Dore as Helga Brandt, Desmond Lewis is returns as Q, Bernard Lee also returns as M, and Lois Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny. So, what's the villain trying to do here? Uh, basically, they're trying to trigger war between the United States and the Soviet Union by capturing their space capsules. Uh, how does Bond actually save the day? He uses a self-destruct button in Blofeld's lair to destroy the Bird 1 spacecraft. So, Marco, what did you think about this?
1: Oh, man, this one was batshit crazy. From the very beginning... I was dying because again, I can't help but see the Austin Powers spoofs in these. <laughs> Cause Austin powers has ruined these movies for you. Yeah. It it's, really is. Dude. It's, it's just the fact that everyone's like, what's that on the radar? And it just reminds me of the joke from the movie <laughs> when they're, when they're saying that the spacecraft looks like a giant dick. And that's all I keep thinking about when they, when everyone's looking at their radar, it's like, there's something weird on the radar. What is it? And I'm just like dying the whole time. Um, Aside from that, uh, I thought it—I thought it was pretty cool just for the fact that it was the first time where you actually get to see Blofeld, and you get to see him actually be the one to to drive the the bad guys' plan into action. Um, it was interesting because it, it's again the bad guy plots are crazy, but this is still kind of realistic because they're trying to trigger war between like the US and Russia which were things that actually happened in real life where people try to egg you know these two are two countries into war all the time because they were the two superpowers so even though it was crazy I still thought that it was kind of like semi realistic um I didn't understand why uh they couldn't recognize another like spaceship swallowing up like the space capsules I just didn't understand it like if they could Pick up the readings of their own space capsule. Like, why couldn't they pick up the other one? They never really explained well, that. It, so I it, thought that was it. A was whole. because
0: they kept thinking it was one or the other. Like the USSR True. kept thinking it was the US. The US thought it was USSR, and then the they UK. They would think it was a third party. Yeah, yeah. they were always like, "Hey, why are you guys fucking yeah. with us?" And they're like, "My question, though, Marco. Adding to that, is like, why the fuck did they keep launching ships if they knew shit was getting taken all the time?"
1: Right. I yeah. I I don't know. I, I really don't like you yeah. think they would cancel operations until like an investigation was done but they're just like nah it's fine man let's just waste these we got, it's a lot of money we've got things to do we gotta keep. Yeah. People... we're sti- I,
0: we're sticking I, to the schedule boys
1: yeah I, I like the location changes how like you know they go to Japan and stuff and it's a lot different than some of the other movies however man they uh <laughs> they go full racist on this one guys. Uh when they try to turn James Bond into a Japanese man, I was dying cuz I was like, are are you serious? Are you guys really doing this? A- yeah. Am I am I watching Team America World Police? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? At least is he going doesn't on? try to
0: do an accent, right? At least we can give That's him true. that.
1: Dude, yeah. I was I paused the movie and I was like, okay, please don't let him do an accent. Please don't, guys. Don't do this to me. And, yeah, luckily they didn't. But uh, I thought that was just absolutely insane in how that was normal back then in Hollywood. I was like, Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah. And even after, like, they make it look like this huge procedure. And it still looks like Sean Connery with a wig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. just this like, what it. the fuck? Oh, it's, like, it's like just like Team America where they do all this shit. And the guy looks hella shitty. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing uh it wasn't necessary to the plot really like i mean they all knew it was james bond anyway like it didn't trick anybody at least from what i saw um i thought they were just going to train him in the ways of the samurai and i was like oh that's kind of cool you know show him how to use like a katana and things like that but i really think that they could have skipped all that and it probably would have made the plot a little smoother um the fact that Blofeld sneaks away like Dr. Evil, I thought that was kind of funny, but <laughs> but what are you going to do? Um, it's cool that they finally came face to face, and the fact that Blofeld was able to like, figure out like James Bond just on a small little slip-up that he made, because he was going to take the oxygen tank inside the capsule, and he was like, dude, fucking astronauts don't do that. So um, It shows you he's smart. Yeah, yeah. so I, so, I like yeah. that, that he was more of a dude that used his mind rather than his you know his physique
0: well cause yeah yeah
1: definitely yeah so um though how he popped up how he just like leaned over to the side to say hi to Bond I thought that was good kind of <laughs> I just imagine James dressed up as as Blofeld doing that to <laughs> the <in a> bill <laughs> I, what the fuck man I don't know That's why one. Qu- oh, man. quarantine's changed
0: Marco he was never the same again
1: uh, overall, I thought it was, um, I thought it was okay. It it was, it, I don't think he was like as cohesive or as good as Thunderball, but it was still rather entertaining.
2: Yeah. What about you, James? What were your thoughts on it?
0: This is probably my, my least favorite one. And I got, a, I got a couple quirks. I mean, not to mention the, I think some of the, the, the dialogue in here is absolutely terrible. Which is funny. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the screenplay is by uh, a Dahl. I don't know if you guys caught that or not on the credits. The famous yeah. author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um all that Just yeah. yeah. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay for this movie. So kind of wow. random, right? So like first line yeah, we I get kinda see it. First line we get from <laughs> Bond is like why do Chinese girls taste different? And I taste different and I literally was like, "Wow." <sighs> okay, that's what we're going with, huh? Uh, yeah,
1: dude, it was cringeworthy.
0: There's a lot of cringeworthy stuff, but I will say there are some positives to the movie. It's not all bad. I actually um I think the soundtrack to this one is one of the best. I was talking to Bill about that off camera, I guess, or offline. Um the orchestra that plays on this one is really really good and it's really catchy too. I like it a lot. Um Yeah. I think that for the most part, yeah. I think everybody always knows this one as the one where like James Bond becomes Japanese, and it's like fuck. But I will say the action is actually pretty cool in this one. Uh, I can't believe uh, you didn't bring it when Q brings him the little helicopter, Marco, because I remember you were talking about that a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> I
1: forgot it was this one. So
0: <laughs> which is nuts so, uh, <laughs> because that that actually was a real like working like airship that they you know they obviously filmed. And I,
1: I wanted James to get inside one of those and just make the helicopter noise the whole time. <laughs> I only feel bad because, I mean, maybe this is probably
0: a killjoy moment because one of the stunt guys did lose his foot uh, doing that, uh, piloting one of these things. So it's kind of a sad story. Damn. He actually had to get his leg amputated. So, yeah, I didn't mean to burn you there, but, um, yeah. So <laughs> but, I mean,
1: but, I mean, it's still... It's still <laughs> I mean, hilarious, though, right? Visualizing you in yeah. there.
0: I still think it's funny. Like Helga Brandt is the uh, right hand person to to Blofeld, and it's just funny that like she like I don't like how in this one like I it's so unnecessary. A lot of these scenes like she sleeps with Bond and then gets him in a plane and then like later and then she jumps out and I was like what the fuck? Like was that even necessary? There's a lot of like stupid moments like that in this film that just don't. And then she gets killed by the piranhas later, right? Where he's like later bitch, and then she just falls. Yeah, right into she gets it. thrown in.
1: Yeah, she gets thrown in there or something.
0: Um, other than that. I think the wedding scene goes on way too fucking long. I don't know why the fuck we needed to see that. And once again, Nabo, did they need to get married? Yeah, see that was one of my gripes was was the marriage scene.
2: Like the the whole thing was that he needed to be able to infiltrate the uh group by and, and the only way they said that he could do it is he had to be Japanese and be one of the people, <laughs> and they'll be accepted, he also needed to be married because you can't be a single man. And so, are they check? Are they paperwork, checking paperwork or something? That's what I'm saying. So they're going through the whole thing, and he's getting married, and he's he, he's training, and it's like, like Marco, you said earlier, they already knew he was there. They attacked him three different times. Yeah, and again, you know. it's
1: part. Of, it's part of that 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 whole like sequence that just didn't need to be there. Like maybe yeah. the training, yeah, but I I it goes agree. on. It, was just... I, it goes on too long, basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically.
0: It's like cut ten minutes out of this thing. I will say though, I did like uh, Tiger Tanaka. I think he's a pretty really good uh like liaison that he meets, other than him saying like in Japan, man is number one.
1: Yeah, all oh, they're very subservient <sighs> people. That was like, oh no. <laughs>
0: the, and uh he was going off of. Oh yeah, yeah, it definitely. wasn't
1: it wasn't his voice either, too. They had to dub his No, name.
0: definitely dude, almost all the uh Asian voices are I did like oh, the fight scene at the yeah. end where they're coming down from the roof. What a set, by the way. Holy fuck, right? Mm. I'm like, oh my god, this is like I mean, this is before they couldn't fake that look. I'm like, that's a gigantic fucking little thing. Yeah. Uh and I will say Donald Pleasants is bullfeld pretty cool. Uh you know, yep. a lot of people know him as uh dr loomis from halloween in the original john carpenter films and i liked him a lot he really it fits his kind of way that he acts i think is the way to i'd, I'd say and he, it kind of works and you finally see him and he has like a scarred face and they never explain any of this shit it's like okay i guess
1: so, i agree he's yeah, creepy the, mysterious
2: the battles i mean just that end scene was pretty fun just just there was so much action going on there's a lot of chaos and he was you know while we we're trying to watch Bonefield escape, like there's just a lot going on um, in that whole area, yeah. and the they going on the. Uh, this is the one where they're going down the mountain, right, and going inside. Yeah. I that's pretty cool to see all the agents coming in, and it's like is a straight up like small war going on. It's gunfire. Yeah, and everything yeah. it's it's the like, biggest
0: scale of a fight so yeah. far. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, it, that
1: uh, that was pretty cool. Totally random, but it, it reminded me of uh, that scene in *Revenge of the Sith* where the the stormtroopers are coming down and shooting down. Also, yeah, kind of yeah, the same manner. I can see yeah. that. And yeah. I was like, that's I was like, that's pretty cool. But I, I agree with you, Nabil. I like when they do like the large scale battles where you see like the bad guys bring in the cavalry and like they're actually getting like James Bond's back. Like I know he's supposed to be a badass that could handle everything by himself, but it's just kind of cool to see him like lead men as well too into battle and shit. And mm-hmm. Like I mean, because he's a commander, you know, and it's kind of cool just to kind of see those battles play out. So yeah. I did like that about this movie too. Although it did take them like a day and a half to get there,
2: and it only took her like thirty minutes. Dude, to she swam back hella quick. Back. I was like, oh okay. I was so like, apparently did she swim? James was swimming down. Dude, that's
1: fucked up. Why the? <laughs> he set her off swimming. And then she comes back, and she's still wearing just the bikini with the shirt off. I know. I was like, she didn't didn't have time to change. Didn't have time. Everyone, everyone else is wearing like full suits, and she's just like, just barely dressed. I'm like, oh my god, guys. I will say,
0: I mentioned too, she is the first uh, Asian uh, Bond girl too. So
1: she is.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's. I mean, you know, it's. It's. I, I agree with you guys too. It's. It's. There's there's some good parts and there's some bad parts. It's it's I think the weakest of the um, Connery films in my opinion. I will say too, um, you know, this was technically supposed to be Connery's last film, right? So if this is how he was going to go out, it was going to be pretty, you know, like oh, well. apparently okay.
0: he had one more he was supposed to do,
2: but oh, so they didn't really know he was. He gonna decided be out. to
0: quit after this because he didn't right. think he was getting paid enough compared to the. Producers and directors and stuff like that. So,
2: yeah. Dang. That's star power oh. right there, guys.
0: Sorry for the randomness, guys. I took a class in uh, 007 back many moons ago. So, I know a lot of random facts that would never save my life. So, that that's what
2: the movie pals are here for. We're here to spew the facts, give you the truth, yeah. let you know what's going on. So, yeah, I'll well, we'll let you know King some well.
0: trivia. There's a I got a <laughs> real good one on George Lazenby. What's to hear that one? So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know. It, it was an okay film, some, but again, really
2: epic battle at the end. Everything else about the the Japanese portrayed in here were, was pretty racist. But I want to say it was of the time, but I really don't think that that was even the case. I think that might be a whole
1: different I mean, conversation
0: to have. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a, it doesn't make it right, but I mean, it's true. It is of the time. I agree.
0: I think it's of the time. I mean, come on, Nabil. They're still doing blackface up until 10 years ago. So, Yep. Yeah. yeah so that's time. why I'm like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I think it's of the time, sir. Certain ones just didn't let it go.
1: Okay, and on to the next Bond movie, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. An avalanche of action. Bigger. Better. Different.
2: Of sweeping splendor. Different. It must be so if he's in the picture.
1: <laughs> Fabulous beauties, all of them dolls. Every one different. They've got to be when he's around. My name's Bond. James Bond. So this one came out in 1969. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 80%. And the plot for this one is James Bond woos a mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Ernst starvo Bullfeld's allergy research in the Swiss Alps involving beautiful women around the world. Hmm. That's kind of fucking wild. This one's directed by Peter Hunt. Um, This one is actually the first 007 movie with a different actor, George Lazenby, who is aged around 30 around this time.
2: Also, just just before you go on, I wish I looked that good as Connery and Lazumbi did in their thirties. Because I can tell you right now, that's a lot to live up to. basically looking at those guys.
0: I think you. I don't, I don't think you give yourself enough credit, Nabo. Those guys are kind of dapper. I know. I mean, these guys also smoked cigarettes every day, drank. So I think you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Main Bond girl for this one is Diana Rigg as Teresa de Vicenzo. The villains for this one are Telly Savalas as Ernst Stavro Blofeld, who is the third actor portray, to portray him. And it also stars Gabrielle Farzetti as Draco. Elsie Stepat as Irma Bunt. Desmond Llewellyn coming back as Q. Bernard Lee coming back as M. And Lois Maxwell as Ms. Moneypenny. And I love how those three actors at least remain consistent throughout these like last few movies.
0: And actually, Marco, they are consistent. At least, just a spoiler money, penny, and Q all the way up to the 90s. Wow. Yeah. M, not
1: so much, but you'll see. So what's the villain trying to do here? Release a dangerous virus through beautiful women to damage livestock and food supplies unless he's issued a pardon by the United States. How does Bond save the day? With the help of Draco he destroys the lab where the viruses are being developed before they can be released. So let's start with you, James. What did you think about this one? So I got to say this one,
0: not bad, especially, uh, you know, we got a new James Bond here, George Lazenby. And I think he doesn't quite nail it. Um, he does have some charm to him compared to Connery, but there's just something kind of missing. It's hard to kind of describe. I feel like if he had done more than one movie, I think he probably would have, actually done better overall. So it's one of those yeah, things makes sense. where, yeah, I just don't think he had enough, uh, enough time, but there are a lot of cool scenes in this movie. Um, for instance, I, 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 really liked right off the bat where, you know, he supposedly quits and he, he goes back through his, um, his drawer and he's looking at all these old items and it's all from the older movies and they start playing the music. Like he sees the knife from, um, honey rider and they start playing the mango song from that one. And, he has the device, uh, the fucking watch with the string in it from from Russia with Love, and then yeah. he has a device from Thunderbolt too. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, first time and only time they really show Bond fall for someone truthfully and quote unquote fall in love. And it's one of those things where I think this is the only Bond that really, before the newer ones, I'd say, that shows his like emotions actually, which is yeah, you know. But I didn't really buy it yeah I mean it's still one of those sell it that well. it's one of those things I will say that the montage sequence is a little too much you know it's like okay <laughs> I get it I do like that they make even like little quirks about like trying to be like hey this is the same guy and but in a way they kind of call out like uh, in the beginning sequence he says like uh, the other guy didn't have it this bad he's 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 directly relate, uh referencing Sean Connery which is uh, pretty out there you know kind of meta um, yeah meta. Which, trust me, Sean Connery makes a mention of him in the next movie, too. So, um, I love that uh, this family caresses the world is not enough, which is a little heads-up of a title of a future Bond film.
1: Yeah, I like that, too.
0: Uh, I love the uh, location of this one, too, in the Alps. I think it's really cool. Uh, the the storyline is pretty batshit crazy, once again. Uh, they never quite tell you how Blofeld... I guess it's plastic surgery of why he looks different in this one. I think, though, that Telly Savalas does a really good job as Bullfell. I actually liked you mean, him a lot.
1: You <laughs> mean why he looks like Gru?
0: <laughs> or maybe Gru looks like him, Marco. No, All yeah, right. I know. Yeah. based off of him. Yeah, so um, I liked the setting of this one. Even when he escapes, for instance, and he's going through that little town, and him and Tracy meet up, and I like that whole sequence of him going through, and it seems like he's about to get, like, gunned down. Like, damn, he's, like, done And then Tracy shows up, and that's what I bought with the relationship between the two, and I think it's still one of the saddest endings to any um, Bond film, straight up, and it shows you actually, and it explains to you why um, James Bond is forever a bachelor, you know, so.
1: Yeah, um, I I like that. I like that it had a a dark ending. It's like a really dark ending. Dude, it's super dark. And I was surprised. Even my mom was like, she saw, you know, I watched it with my mom and
0: dad every night uh, during quarantine, everyone watching it with a night, and. She was like, oh, my God, they just got married. I was like, yep, and that's how it ends, actually. It's like credits. So, yeah, for the most part, not my favorite film, uh, but it was a solid effort, and um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. The reason why George Lazenby did not do another Bond film was because his uh, – there's – there's supposedly it was an argument over – he only signed a one-movie uh, one contract, and it was supposed to kind of add more to it, right? But his agent actually told him not to do any more movies because he said that – bond films would not last and uh people wanted more of the counterculture films so if you look at a lot of george lassey other films he grew out like a beard and he has long hair and uh he's been quoted saying that that's the worst decision of his life so something something i mean which the fact that we're still talking about in 2020 probably is has some truth to it so
1: yeah i believe it uh so what about you Nabil? how did you feel about this bond movie
2: um, I actually enjoyed it, uh, quite a bit actually. It's uh All right,
1: cool. So for me I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I like that boy.
2: Yeah, I like George Lazenby a lot. Uh his portrayal of, of basically he's 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 portraying Connery again. Um and I think that he does a really good job portraying him. It's it's the film itself is really well done at the opening scene of being able to meet um uh, Teresa de Vicenzo, um at the beginning and <laughs> he's spying on her and then basically makes himself known that he's spying on her because he's Acer it's like okay
0: just uh, losing your cover there um well I mean she's trying to kill herself that's why he has, yeah I know
2: that's why he reveals himself. yeah think.
0: and he, he's yeah. not and he's just telling her and he just sees her because he cut him off mm-hmm. right and he's like I'm intrigued mm-hmm. so
2: yeah and he it is his downfall um you know like when he's With Blofeld and he gets up to the Alps and then, you know, he starts getting uh, interested in some of the ladies over there. It's like his own downfall because basically he's he gets caught anyways and they're already on to him and gets recaptured, you know, so he does get himself. I do want I want to mention
0: that I wrote actually something that how the fuck does Blofeld not recognize him right off the bat?
2: Yeah, that's that's one thing that I was wondering too because they'd met before, so I'm assuming they're just working under the impression that they've never met. Uh, I
0: guess it's his... huge
1: plot plot hole for me. Yeah, there's two. Th- they would know what he looks like.
0: There's two things on it. Supposedly, this movie was supposed to come out before um, Thunderbolt, but there was a lot of issues with uh, not Thunderbolt, I'm sorry. Before um, You Only Live Twice, so mm-hmm. in a in a way that it's supposed to be set up, it's supposed to technically take place beforehand. But I think the whole canon of it is like he's in disguise or he actually knows where the, he already knows he's James One, as you l- find out 10 minutes later. Time. Yeah. yeah. So he knows, but it's almost like, dude, why the fuck do you keep sending the same guy? Sorry. Yeah. Well, I
2: thought it was interesting because he's going in disguise, right? But he's not doing any makeup. He's just playing a caricature um, of the For, person that's supposed to be there. What's his name? So, uh, Hilly? Yes. <laughs> Hilly. That's just something like that. Um, stupid name. And and so I, he does, actually, I think I know it's all dubbed voice, but he does a really good job as far as mannerisms and everything. Um, but it's just funny because that's him being uh, undercover, and yet, you know, so bullfeld apparently already knows. He must he must know um, ahead of time. I think too the um, for me the the plot. Was much more uh, where there was more drama between him and Teresa, and having that love interest and and trying to have a connection. Though he he does betray her <laughs> basically uh, with the infidelity and in the and the, the scenes with multiple times with other women there. But you know he comes around to it, falls in love with her, um, and there's a lot of there's. A, I, I felt like that connection was for that type of character was was uh, pretty impactful. Yeah, um, just like you said, just even how it ends, you can see that bond forming and. And Teresa lo- reluctantly wanting to, not wanting to be involved with him. And then she herself admitting that she's fallen in love Um and knowing that he's not quite there yet, but might be, you know, over time. Yeah, she mentioned so that, that, yeah. that. That was good time. Yeah, I thought that was a good dynamic. Just, just that whole idea of like knowing that he's a bachelor and a playboy and he's got his own role. And yet for some reason she's intrigued and wants to be with him. And, you know, maybe he'll come that way. Maybe he won't. Uh, I thought that was a good a plot point in, in general, and yes standing is very sad on uh, what happens um i I think the scenes of like you said James the race uh in in Switzerland down you know from the little villages that are going through is really cool yeah the the, the skiing down the mountain getting chased over there was really cool the avalanche like those scenes were really awesome and very epic to go through. I will um, say the
0: ski thing I think goes on a little too long. It
2: does, especially it starts, I think it's because it starts off really slow.
0: Yeah, um, and once again, I will, uh, one little quick thing too. This is the longest James Bond film out of the ones we've seen as well. It's two, almost two and a half hours. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Two hours and 20 minutes, so. It it takes a lot
2: of work to make you believe that James is falling in love. So. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking to me or not, so I was like, whoa. Jesus. What, what
0: are you saying? Well, stop.
2: Um, but uh, I do enjoy it. I thought it was a. I, I really like Lazenby. Um, I, I do wish that he did more um, uh, films. but Obviously not. Um, and I thought the film overall was
1: was a really solid entry. For me, I, I kind of agree with James. This is this is my least favorite of the seven that we saw, and. Like, it's not really George Lazenby's fault. It's more or less... Man, the plot is just fucking stupid and ridiculous, to be honest. Like, it's just kind of like... It's a little too out there for me. I I did appreciate Lazenby's performance. Um, I do agree that maybe if he he had gotten another shot, maybe he would have fine-tuned his Bond performance. But, uh, unfortunately, he didn't get that chance. And so, he kind of just looks like a guy trying to he's he just like a regular guy basically to me like i i didn't really get that bond feeling from him i am people kept calling him james bond but i'm like i don't i, I don't see james bond i just it's, see some guy pretending to be him it's kind of weird right like when you first see it, it you're like, yeah it is and ooh, the fact that they're referencing like things from previous movies like it was kind of irking because I'm like, well, Sean Connery did that. Well, but, they, they definitely but want, you, they want
0: you to know, like, hey, like, especially for audiences at the time, like, hey, this is the same guy. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Blofeld's plan, man, fucking ridiculous. Just it's just so stupid. But uh, the fact that him and Bond didn't recognize each other, that kind of bothered me, too. I was just like, how do you how do you guys not? Know each other like your explanation makes sense, James. Like yeah. how this was possibly supposed to come out before the previous movie, but like they could have at least changed that a little bit. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I do think that the movie goes a little too long, two t- two hours and twenty two minutes. I was like, man, it could have cut out like 20 30 minutes of the shit. <laughs> uh, I did like all the scenes in the Alps. I thought that that was just very beautiful, great shots. The, the ski scenes were really cool, although they did go on a little, a little too long. It was still pretty cool to kind of, like, see them, like, skiing down the mountain and trying to kill each other. That was pretty cool. Really, I kind of liked the, the whole love story between Teresa and James Bond more than the actual plot itself. Me too. Like, it was kind of interesting to kind of see him, like, fall in love with a girl who wasn't, like interested in him automatically who was just like i know what type of guy you are i'm not gonna fall for it and they're i mean it's not done you know that well but their love grows eventually and then they end up having each other's back and then uh you know getting married and stuff like only for her to get killed in the end i thought that that was very tragic and i was like holy shit Uh, It did have one of my favorite endings just because it was something completely different where it's like, oh, Bond always gets the girl. Bond always gets the girl. And this time, like, it's taken away from him. And it just ends so somberly. And I was like, damn, I really felt for him at that part. Um, When the helicopters are attacking uh, Blofeld's uh, base, I thought that was pretty cool, too. Where, like, her father, just Teresa's father, just shows up with a gang of helicopters and they're just, like, shooting missiles and stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, overall, it wasn't really, like, the best Bond movie. um, And it's probably, like, dead last on my list.
0: For now. (laughs) For now.
1: (laughs) Oh, they get worse. All
0: right, guys, let's move on to the last film here. 1971's Diamonds Are Forever.
2: You've been waiting for him. Asking for him.
1: Now he's here. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back
2: in a new Bond Spectacular.
1: the He's back. Good evening. And we're back to what great movies are all about.
0: So, guys, this is uh, the lowest one out of all Rotten wise, 66% of Rotten Tomatoes. A diamond smuggling investigation leads James Bond to Las Vegas where he uncovers an evil plot involving a rich business tycoon. This is directed by Guy Hamilton. He previously did Goldfinger, and he will uh, be on our next marathon. He does Live and Let Die in 1973 and The Man with the Golden Gun in '74. Sean Conner returns here, and he's a bit older, age 41 this time. Our main Bond girl is Jill St. John as Tiffany Case. And our villains this time around is Ernest Gray as Ernst Bullfeld. That's a fourth guy to play him if you're uh, holding on to your... Uh... <laughs> I guess uh, keeping a tally here, but strangely enough, Jeez. this is the last time we will see Blofeld until 2015 for the most part. Uh, this stars Lena Wood as plenty O'Toole, Putter Smith as Mr. Kidd, Bruce Glover as Mr. Wint, Norman Burton as Felix Leader. Once again, that's a fourth guy to play Felix. Still can't keep him down. And then Desmond Lewin is, uh, comes back as Q, Bernard Lee, and uh, comes back as M, and Lois Maxwell returns as Ms. Money Pony. What's the villain trying to do here? The villain is using a space weapons platform attached to a laser satellite magnified by diamonds to target nuclear stockpiles of countries who have refused to pay him. How does Bond save the day? Bond smashes Bullfeld's mini-sub against the control room of his lair, disabling the satellite and causing severe damage to the lair,
1: <laughs> oh man!
0: Yeah. So, Nabil, uh, what did you think of the last official Canon uh, Sean Connery film? Here,
2: you know, funny enough, I actually enjoyed this film. Really? Yeah, I thought I thought it was entertaining. Uh, I liked the, I I, I the plot was a bit much. Yeah, sure, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're at this point, they're all just getting a bit wacky. Yeah, um, you just
0: have to kind of be like, fuck it. This is just, this yeah. is corny as fuck. So let's just roll with it. Exactly. Um, I
2: thought, you know, definitely from a production standpoint, they just the quality of, of you know, you can tell the era changes over, especially uh, from Inter Majesty's Service to now the 70s, mm-hmm. times are Forever. Yeah. You could just see the change over 60s, 70s. Like it, it just looks different. Um, Vegas. The, yeah. Vegas. There, the, uh, there was a cool little car chase scene. I like that. I like the uh, kind of spin on you know bringing more involved with the Americans in this and and changing that up. Con- uh, you could tell that Connery is is a bit older. Um, mm-hmm. Not that he's you know looks that much different, but it's supposed to be an older Bond as well. Yeah. Um, the the whole plot point with uh, Tiffany Case, you know Joe Saint John, it was. What was he there for, really? She was just kind of in between. They don't really do much with Mr. Kid and Mentor Wint. I think they're just kind of in the background doing some stuff, which I feel like there was a lost opportunity there. It didn't seem as strong um, of a character use as they were building them up to be, um, especially near the end. But... um, I think w- one of the like a surprising part for me, and I'd forgotten about it, was one of the scenes uh, initially where he gets put into the coffin. Um, I forgot that the whole scene ha- uh, happens, and I'm like, oh, yeah. "My God, what are they gonna do with him?" You know, like how's he gonna get out of it? And they're like, "Oh, where are the diamonds?" And he basically had leverage throughout the rest of the film because nobody knew where they were. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was an interesting plot point because he actually was able to. They they had no problem killing him off, but he had something of worth now, and so that was. Kind of in the, in the same guys of, as of uh, uh, Goldfinger, where he's you know doesn't really care about him. They're moving on. Yeah, um, yeah, this is kind of that same setup, you know, where they would have just been done with Bond and moved on as well. But he he has a, a reason of staying on. Um, some good scene at the bat beginning with the, the the fighting with the the real character he's supposed to be playing, um, where he or he's pretending to be. Where they fight in the elevator was pretty cool um you could see that connery was very comfortable coming back into the role and and with his fighting and everything his style um i i i'd never seen i mean he was really good early on too but he just seemed so much more confident in the role in this film just being in and coming in as a veteran and saying i know what i gotta do and taking it over and i thought i really liked connery's bond in this overall he still had the quips he had the one-liners he did all the same things but there was just a, a a bit of more confidence than there was in where he he left off of and where you only live twice. So I thought it was a really good kind of way for him to end
1: his arc was with, in this film.
0: Nice. Hey, so what about you, Marco?
1: Um, I, I agree with what Nabil said, you know, for the most part. Uh, Sean Connery coming back as a veteran of the character James Bond, he just has that swagger, man, and he just knows how to pull off the character so well because of his experience. I like how they... Give him another chance to go toe-to-toe with uh, Blofeld again, even though it's a different actor once again. The whole plot involving, like, diamonds for a giant laser, I thought, you know, just when I thought it couldn't get any crazier, I'm like, fuck, here we go again. I thought that was kind of silly, but it still worked. I did like uh, the characters of uh, Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint. I-, I do agree. I wish they would have been used more. It would have been cool to see bond like interact with them more because they were just so like kind of menacing in the way they were just so like psychotic. They were just like these two sociopaths who just in, you could tell they just enjoyed like killing people. Yep. You know, just off the bat by first killing off the dude with a scorpion and then going off from there. The uh the main Bond girl, uh Jill St John is Tiffany Case. Um she did pretty good. I mean she was just I mean, she's just a Bond girl. You know, she's there, I guess for the most part. Um to me I I still like Domino as like the better of all the Bond girls. You know, she's the most memorable one for me. All the rest of them are kind of forgettable. The uh the action sequences weren't that bad. The 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 scene where he is about to get burned alive, I did like that. I thought that was really intense and I mean, because it's my first time ever seeing this movie, I'm really like, how the fuck are they going to get him out of here? He's like in an incinerator. There's like, there's no way out. Well, what's going to happen? And it's just because they they want their money. They're like, where are the diamonds? Yeah. I I thought thought that was was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. I was like, saved by greed. (laughs) Um, The fact that it takes place in Vegas, um, I thought it was kind of different. Um, I like the whole car chase scene with the cops where he's just kind of leading them around and making them crash kind of reminded me a little bit of the blues brothers when they're doing that but <laughs> um he's just like so like crafty in the way he's maneuvering in a parking lot and just making all these cops just crash on other cars yeah I like and then he that's cool he does yeah. the jump and then uh the other car <laughs> the cop car tries to do it and just ends up crashing so
0: I will mention, though, he, he does make the car go sideways at one point, and I was like, oh, okay. I was about to
1: say, uh, the two-wheel motion was probably my favorite part of the movie. I'm like, oh, shit, he's two-wheel motioning it? All right, I, I see you. Overall, um I did enjoy it better than uh, the Lazenby one. I mean, no offense to George Lazenby, I know he tried, but uh it was just nice to kind of see Sean Connery come back and just finish off the series and go off against uh, his arch nemesis one more time. Nice.
0: Um I I don't really agree with you guys on this one. Actually Okay, never mind.
1: There there's 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 one more thing I, I like When uh when Blofeld, <laughs> Blo, Blofeld's getting into into the mini sub oh. is yet another thing I want James to do is to get into a little twice.
0: Just, just keep sending the... me text messages like, hey, you have to do this. I'm like, yeah, not happening, bro. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I know a guy. Just, you know, it will take
1: nothing. <laughs> yeah. I have the sub at my house. Come over right now. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? like, What's James doing? Come on. Get out of that sub. Um, the fact that he makes a uh, blowfield crash against his control room. I thought it was kind of hilarious. But, yeah. That's my last comment.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, so I don't really I don't really agree with you guys. I don't I think this is probably one of his weaker films truthfully with Sean Connery. I think he kind of slept through the last one and this one he kind of, you know, it's Sean Connery but um so like the felt thing, it, they explain it cuz he's getting plastic surgery done. He has all these doubles and you right. know. So okay, I get it. The, right off the bat, he's revenge because his wife just got killed. So they're going in, and you know he's looking for it. Uh, they originally wanted him to actually show him killing uh, the chick that kills uh, Tracy in the last one, Irma Blunt. Like she was supposed to be in there, but right. uh, she actually died in real life beforehand, so they couldn't. Oh. Yeah, so they couldn't. Oh, yeah, they couldn't include her in it. So, uh, once again, uh, they have Shirley Bassey do the theme song for this one. She did Goldfinger, and uh, later on you'll find out she does Moonraker's theme song too. So and I think that's why Diamonds Are Forever is such a good song too. Yes. Um, I agree with you guys too. Mr. Kid and Mr. Wynn are super fucking weird, and I wish they were used more. They also are the first—I uh, don't know if you guys noticed this—but they're they're homosexual. So yes. um, they kind of make hints at it, and it's a little strange. And there's a funny story that they they both convinced Sean Connery that they were actually homosexual in real life. So he went on for like ten or fifteen years thinking they were gay. And then one day, I think the guy that plays Mr. Kid was he saw he was flirting with someone in a plane. And then he heard in a Scottish accent someone say, like, you son of a bitch. And it was Sean Connery standing behind him. That's <laughs> all funny. Yeah, he was like, but you know, Sean Connery started, you son of a bitch. You got me. Yeah, I will say too, though, that the fight scenes are actually, um, they get better in these ones. There's a little less of that yeah. fucking fast forwarding that I hate in all these movies that they start to get rid of by the time of... It, it was aired. a lot
1: worse in the previous movie. Oh, yeah, dude. Where it's, like, oh. very blatant. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, who the fuck is your editor? It, it,
0: it's not even that. <laughs> it's just to show that the action's going faster than... You know, because they're not fighting, like, you know. Back then, they didn't have that... Matri- slow, they didn't have that yeah. Matrix kind of shit where people were the Kung Fu, too. Oh. Like, hey, man, I know how to do this. Like, okay. Uh, once again, Felix is back, and he's a fucking different guy, which is just nuts. Once, I just... I was like, man, what the hell, dude? Uh, I think... Tiff, uh, not Tiffany. Uh, yeah, Tiffany Case, Jill Saint John's character. Uh, I think she's probably the worst Bond girl out of all of them so far. She, yeah. I've always not liked her. She's the most one of the most annoying ones up until some of the Roger Moore ones. But she's also the first American to be uh, cast as a Bond girl. So in a way, they kind of did the stereotype of an American, like how an English person probably sees an American girl, always talking out loud. Uh, very needy and all this shit, and just bringing stuff up.
1: and the Stupid gas station scene. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, Jesus, man.
0: I was like, is This is necessary. That <laughs> went
1: on a little too long, too. Yeah, no, it
0: definitely does, man. So how that
1: guy Nazi James Bond sneak into the back of a van? It's like right in front of him. He just did his thing, bro.
0: Uh, I like the scene with Bambi and Thumper <laughs> though. I think that's pretty cool. The fight scene. And um, they kind of just are, like, going at it. And that's one of the more memorable scenes to me in this movie. I always think of Bambi and Thumper. Plus, it's, you know, such a stupid fucking name, I guess, for people. Bambi Thumper. And, then, you know, uh, I, I, it's so random that Willard White is played by fucking Sausage King himself, Jimmy Dean, by the way. So
2: that's something to. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, uh, cameo. Yeah, I was like, okay. I love those sausages, goddamn Me it. Me too. I think at one point he offered him breakfast sandwiches. Y'all want to take these home? What? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, I, I I like the scene too, where Q's blatantly cheating at slots, like not giving a fuck either. Like, yeah, whatever. We're gonna do this shit. And he's just like, she's like, whoa, what are you doing? He's like, winning. So, uh, <laughs> the scene where Blofeld's dressed as a woman is horrifying. I don't know if you remember that, where he's walking to the casino and he's in the car. Yeah.
1: Fucking ridiculous. That will
0: forever... That's just, that's what... I mean, I was going to ask Marco to do that, but I've already seen those photos, so I'm good. So, I promise you wouldn't share. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's the same shade of lipstick. Uh, I love that. Once again, they go back to being hella Mine was stupid. Darker. <laughs> they go back to being stupid. He literally tells them the entire plot. And Bond even brings up, like, so I could just eject this and it'd be it? He's like, eh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I was like, that's it? It's a cassette tape? Okay. Um, Not to mention, I, I, I agree with you, Marco. The very anticlimactic ending, just smashing the fucking boat into the side of the wall, dude. I was like, really? This is it? This is how
1: you kill Ernst Blofeld? Like, fucking... Um, yeah. I mean, he could have at least, like, put a bomb in his submarine or something. Or, like, tricked him, right? Not, like, blatantly. like, yeah. hey, I said down. I'm like, he's going to get killed by a crane operator? like, Or he gets killed by his own fucking laser.
0: That would have been cool, too. But, I mean, once again, uh, one thing I'm going to mention to you guys, some more behind-the-scenes stuff. To you guys, the last movie did so poor in the United States that a lot of the focus of this film is in America, as you can tell. So, they're in Las Vegas. Yeah. They did a huge deal with Ford to get uh, American cars to use in this one. Uh, And they also paid Sean Connery something like $1.25 million or something like that, which at the time was insane. So because of that, the plot suffers in this movie. The effects Damn. suffered, and they look fucking terrible at times. And I think it just got kind of a mess up. And that's why they – I mean, Sean Connery signed on for two more films. He was supposed to do another film after this, but they. I think they canceled his contract. Uh, and what with Roger Moore instead because he was probably cheaper and willing to negotiate a contract better. And um, I'll say this though, at the end, though. Mr. Kid dies fucking terribly, which is hilarious but also horrifying because he catches on fire. I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Mm-hmm. And then Mister Wint just goes, "Boom, boom," because he blows up. <laughs>
1: yeah, he falls over and just blows up. I'm like, he has oh, the bomb that's...
0: on him. That's why, remember? So yeah, but
1: it's very familiar to another movie we just saw yeah. recently this year. And it's just it's kind of funny because um, I wish they were more of the main focus outside of
0: just the henchmen. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yep. Because I found be... them more interesting, and it was they seemed actually. Like really crazy, and I would have loved to see a darker I, take on shit like that, you know.
2: I would have been fine if they actually did kill Blowfield at the beginning, and then these guys were just a like crazy psychopaths. Yeah, and they were the thing. guys
0: like, hey, we're gonna we're the people that take over, and we're doing our yeah. own thing, and I don't know. I, it was kind of a weak ending, I think, in my opinion, with Sean Connery's portrayal. It just, I I like the Vegas look of it all. I just the story once again is just too out there for me. But so, guys, that is our marathon. Part one of the Sean... Con- not Sean Connery. The 007 James Bond Marathon from 1962 all the way to 1971. Before I do lead us out to our outro, I do want to ask you guys real quick. Overall, what did you guys... Did you guys enjoy these for the most part? I mean, it doesn't sound like we saw any that we were like, I fucking hated this kind of film, you know? It uh, Every one of them seems like at least we enjoyed or saw some part of it What we could take away from it, you know?
2: Yeah, so I think that the films overall, that it was... Very, i think the the plots are really strong i think the characters are very iconic i um i honestly think that they they have uh, aged well in in the general sense of like the idea of, of what bond is and a spies. i i think there is some definitely uh sexist things going on over there um and obviously there's some taboo racist things going on as well um so it is very much of the time and you've got to kind of suspend some of that uh, or or recognize that um, as it's going through that, you know, that's not whether it was acceptable or not, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's just what was going on. Um, But I will say that Sean Connery did a really great job um, of of building something, of, of a, a legend of this character and and building a template. And I think, you know, we'll see with the other films, the Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton films, and of course uh, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. But you'll see that um, he he's so iconic that everybody's just kind of trying to to live up up to that charm um, that Connery brings, regardless of of what you might think about the character as a whole. I think Connery definitely you know, is embodies what, uh, what everybody imagines Bonds is. And, uh, I think the, a lot of these films really were, were really well done, but like we were kind of talking about some of the plots get a bit wacky. Um, they all have their little elements of it where you, it's more the character that you're interested in than with the necessarily villains plot. Um, and there's a lot of plot holes, but, um, they're just, it, it was it was enjoyable. And again, I liked seeing those Easter eggs um, and being able to connect uh, how the films are more familiar with in the future um, and where they pulled from in these older films. So um, I thought it was a really good experience of all.
1: Nice. What about you, Marco? Uh, I agree with uh, what Nabil said. I think, I think it, it, it is enjoyable at, at, for the very least for the lore of James Bond and uh, the, the, I guess, quote-unquote, legendary status that Sean Connery got as playing the character. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the movies, if not all of them, are super fucking sexist. There's a lot of fucking racist shit going on, but, I mean, it's out of the time, and, like, even as James said up to 10 years ago, we're still doing that shit. That shit still happens today. I mean, it's changing little by little for the better, as long as people keep voicing their opinions. Yeah. But at least... To get familiarized with the character and his origins and how James Bond became so popular, I think it's definitely worth it. There are some very good scenes from the movie, some iconic scenes, iconic lines, and if you're a fan of like spy and espionage movies, then give it a shot and start from the very beginning, from the origins, and see if you enjoy them too. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I still think there's certain things of these films that um,
0: are redeemable, and I, I like I said, the whole point of our marathon here is not just like oh, we're just putting ourselves through this. is It's so that we really break down the character, and you see the transformation even between S three, just talking about it, like where he's from 1962 all the way to 2020, right? So, and it's interesting to see what they've changed and what can't be done anymore, and how things have improved. Every film, like you, we talked about it, the quality, like from Dr. No all the way to Diamonds Are Forever, the quality is insane, how much better chase scenes look or fight scenes. and Yeah, the plot lines are always kind of around, but I think even with our next part, you guys are going to find some um, some things you like about it too and some things that you're going to not like and some things you're going to laugh at and more stuff Marco's going to want me to do. So I don't know. <laughs> I, stuff I can't like that. wait. Especially, oh, there's a character I can't wait to bring up too. I'm going to be like, this is Marco the whole point. Just kidding. The Hispanic characters aren't till Dalton. That man. We just got the cocoa. So, uh, guys, uh, right off the bat, if you were to recommend three of these movies to somebody, like a top three, just out of these th- ones that you've seen, what would you, uh, in no particular order, just what would you guys recommend people see if you're going to see three of them? Starting with the Nabil.
2: i definitely say From Russia With Love, uh, Goldfinger, and uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service.
0: Okay. And what about you, Marco?
1: I would say Goldfinger, Thunderball, and Dr. No.
0: Nice. I would say From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, and Thunderball. Those would be my three. So, uh, those just so far, I mean, we're going to change this. We're going to be like, hey, what would you do now afterwards? So
1: Oh, and also uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me. <laughs> and oh, Goldfinger. Bob, wait. Don't forget Goldmember.
0: God, I wonder if you guys had seen these beforehand if you would find Austin awesome Powers <laughs> even funnier like oh my god I can't believe they're making fun of James Bond
2: I, I'm tempted to just watch these films now just Austin awesome Powers
0: well hold on hold on like I said we might get to those so mm-hmm. don't do them yet Nabil and ruin it for yourself don't tell me I live my goddamn life that's what Nabil's trying to tell me <laughs> oh really go fuck you know what I'm fucking watching them right now I don't care it's 10.30 out here 11 alright so that is the end of podcast number 71 the James Bond Double Seven 7 marathon part 1 Thank you guys once again for listening, feedbacks, responses, reviews. I know this one's quite a bit longer than the other ones, but thanks for listening all the way to the end. Uh,
1: Mark, i love let know how that can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or iHeartRadio, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode.
0: Thank you so much. and uh, Tune in again, guys, in uh, another two weeks. We're going to be doing episode 72. That will be the 007 James Bond Marathon Part 2. That is all the Roger Moore films from 1973 to 1985. You may be questioning why it's so long, right? But you'll figure it out in, in two weeks, I guess. So <laughs> until then, guys, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.